This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. The 2023 season is starting. I'm David Woods, Brown Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, we make the Podcast of Champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. And we are, this is when we switch over. We, we put this content item up on our 24-7 Sports sites, front page of all the sites. The the content the uh, front page logo David has us like a gone fishing thing. It's the off season. No more off season. No more off. We season. are now in season. We have a football game coming up in I don't know five days. Five days from who now. knows? Yeah, week zero is this weekend. So we got a great show for you today. Uh, before we let you know what's going on, I wanted to let you know how to get a hold of us. Pack twelve podcast at gmail.com is our email address. If you want to call or send us a text. Uh, 424-532-0678. You can tweet us at Pac-12Podcast. And the website where you can find all of our content, Pac-12Podcast.com. You can also uh, follow us and rate us. Give us a nice five-star review over on the Apple Podcasting app. That would be a lot of fun if you could do that. I don't know if we have any new reviews, David. It's only been a few days since we've done a show. but We have none. Zero new reviews. But that's fine. Uh, Our listenership is failing, but that's fine. That's what we've come to expect. It is it's failing, but that's okay. But we did a show it's recently. It's on brand for our show. Uh, we wanted to get the preview in. So today what we're going to do, we actually have some um, like uh, breaking news. To- that actually prevented us from recording the show at 11 a.m. Yes, we're going to record the show at 11. I had to go to USC for a press conference. Uh, so USC hires Washington Athletic Director uh, Jen Cohen. So we'll talk about that. We will preview the only game that's on the slate for week zero. USC is hosting San Jose State. And then Dave and I both made our picks. I did mine on a graphic little schedule thing here. I did mine on Google Sheets like a sane person. Right. Well, you know what you're going to do? You're going to write down all of our picks this year on your Google Sheets. So you can put mine No, that's to- not the way my Google Sheet is set up. Well, you're going to have to figure it out because we're. Huh. I, I'm not keeping track this year. Okay, this great. Yeah, I'll keep track. Let's see, that if, that, be good. Let's see if that record is accurate. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're going to pick each and every game. We do this every year going into the Pac-12. Uh, college football season, so uh, we'll do that. And we are—you can call us simulcast, but we are—we are live on our YouTube channel, uh, live right now. If you're watching, if you're watching a replay, thanks for that. If you're listening to the podcast later, thanks for that too. But we are on YouTube live right now, 
And if you have any questions or comments, you can put them in the chat box there. If you have a, a, a fun comment, I will try to put that up on the screen um, and do that. So before we got get rolling. We love fun it. comments. You know what's cool about the season, though, David? What's cool about the season, we, Ryan? We go, we do our picks. Mm-hmm. It's like the, what the whole show is about. Like you and me going at each other, picking games against the spread. And when we can do that, it's because football's back. Football's and what we back, want baby. is winning season. And where you get winning season? Over at my bookie. That's yes. Right. NFL College Football and the brand new cash out system give you options to bet and win all season long. The first two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet or let it ride for a chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at my bookie. To get started, go to mybookie.ag and register now for an account for free. And when you make your first deposit, if you use the promo code PAC12, at least for this year, this last year we'll do this probably, PAC12, you can grab a welcome bonus on the house. So that's promo code PAC12 to claim your deposit bonus and for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino, which is cool. I like I play like some of the blackjack stuff over there. It's kind of fun. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. Can you play the little cheering noise? Uh, where's the cheering noise? Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'll take take your time. I don't know. I, it's fine. It's not like it's uh, not readily show. available. I know. You're, you're, uh, hold on. That one? Yeah. You want to know why you got that? Why? Tremendous read. Oh, thanks. Incredible read. Organic, natural. We loved it. Everyone out there loved it. They're all saying, wow, that was incredible. Uh, thanks. You know what's funny? It's like we do this enough. And uh, I like, I got that, uh, the copy yesterday. Do you think I read it? No. Was that the first time I've ever read it? Correct. Yes. Absolutely. So that's just what I should have read it, but I did it. So <laughs> when you get good enough at this, you can just read it off the cuff and make it sound good. We try. Well, that, that just goes to show you how good the writing is from my bookie, how professional that marketing department is, because we sometimes read the emails from our listeners for the first time on this show. That's pretty hard. And oh boy, <laughs> sometimes what comes out of our mouths is not entirely English. <laughs> it is kind of funny. It, I don't know. You, you do this enough, right? And um, Do I? Well, there, when I'm doing these live shows and I'll like, we'll do them back to back, whatever it is, it's, I'm always worried about just like, oh, I got to get the stream going. I want to make sure mm-hmm, the comments mm-hmm. are coming up. I have to record it. Well, right. and then there's all the things I'm doing too. I mean, it's. But when you're doing your podcast, there's other things. There's like sure. technical stuff. I, and people are like, are you like nervous? Are you worried about what you're saying? I'm like, I don't even think about what I'm, <laughs> that's just like, I just say it. Like the other stuff I have to like worry about, like getting the show ready to go and this, like this is a great topic of conversation because i can't remember the last time i was nervous recording a podcast i think it was probably like on my fifth episode ever yeah doing anything no because like, you can't you're spewing too many words you say a lot of things and there's some things are gonna be dumb you just have to accept it because, well and we've we've attested to in the past we don't remember half the things we said like months ago i don't remember things i said in the same show <laughs> like I, people ask me like oh what were you saying about that i'm like i don't know I'm probably just making something up. I have no idea. Right. No, the people, and, and you know, it's funny, but whatever. That's just kind of the way things go. But I'm excited for the show uh, today. We got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. Um, and, you know, when we're talking about the season, previewing the season, all that, uh, we appreciate that. Because we got over, um, we're over like 1,200 uh, subscribers on our we're YouTube at, channel. We're at nearly 1,300. That's amazing. Um, we can, you might see some ads now on the, on the YouTube channel feed now. Oh, so that's you, oh you will yeah you will see some ads now uh and, yeah. and we know how much everyone loves advertising i know so we're, we're gonna make like 
you know, dozens of dollars <laughs> from this, which is dozens, great. Instead dozens of, instead of zero. Yes. That's kind of nice. Um, all right. Uh, like Ernesto says he loves the simulcast. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Oops. Oh, I put the wrong comment up. Oh, I end God. up putting your, uh, seamless. Oh, hopefully this works. Yeah. Seamless. It's uh, we'll try this again later. Um, okay. So I guess we got to talk about the uh, breaking news with, uh, USC hiring Jen Cohen, as the athletic director over at USC, uh, to be fair, like I, the LA Times did a story a couple days ago and they talked about people that USC had vetted and named some names and stuff. It was really, there's a lot of details in there. It seemed very thorough. Didn't mention Jen Cohen <laughs> at all. I'm going to give USC credit just because they were such a, you know, a shit show, to be honest, like from the top to the bottom. Everything would leak out. No one did anything right. They've actually made some good hires recently. Even Mike Bone, you could argue, okay, I mean, he made the athletic department better. There were some questions there for sure, though, especially the way that came out. But he took an athletic department in 2019 and made it a lot better in 2023 when they hired uh, Jen Cohen. Um, talked to uh, Kim Grenolds, who's the publisher over at dogman.com. Uh, he had glowing reviews. I, I got a text from Lindsay Theory. You remember our former colleague? She covers uh, the Chargers for... ESPN. She, she's a proud Washington grad, and she texted me earlier today. She was pissed off, you know. So, seems like Washington fans uh, like her. You know, obviously, Kalen DeBoer is a big, uh, successful hire. Well, um, and who can forget Jimmy Lake? Jimmy Lake. Who that, can forget uh, their basketball coach, who she hired in 2017, Mike Hopkins, who's still there? Didn't he win a whole bunch of games early? He's won some games. It's hard not to win some games in basketball. Um, lost a few more than he's won. But Recently, only, only in the bad. last only in the last four combined seasons. Right. I think yeah. the first two seasons they were good, right? Do you know and how hard it is to be at a major college basketball program like say Washington and uh lose more games than you win over a period of four years? That's tough. It's just I mean, I it just you know it's you don't stick around that, that kind of loyalty to a coach I think is really gonna stand her in good stead with USC fans. Well, I mean, she hired Kalen DeBoer, I think mostly because he was gonna follow the Chip Kelly rebuild model, you know, like don't try to go from four and eight to eleven and two in one season. You want to get there gradually, you know. After your Many first steps. extension, yeah. You don't like, want to climb like <laughs> hand over hand. You want to walk up. You know, it's not mountain climbing. It's like hiking. Well, anyway, uh, I was impressed with her in the press conference today. I think I met her once uh, in the press box of at the University of Washington in the stadium for one of the football games uh, they'd went to. But um, yeah, I think. A lot of fans are excited. It's it's the 10th athletic director for USC, the first female athletic director USC's had. She was born in Southern California from Arcadia. Uh went to San Diego State, I believe. And uh but you know, they moved to Washington when she was a kid and like kind of like Washington football a lot. But she just said it was like, you know, kind of a a great opportunity for her. Her kids are both in college. I think played football in Montana or something. Um she just sent her youngest out to college so she's an empty, empty nester and she said that, that her boys were very excited about you know, hey, can I come to USC games, go to the sideline and all this stuff? So it was good. It was a fun moment. I mean, I did not wake up this morning expecting to doing a, you know, covering a press conference at USC for their new athletic director. And she starts tomorrow. So it's not even like this is happening. So she was getting Washington into the Big Ten and interviewing or accepting the USC job. Like all this stuff was happening at once. And one of my reporters, Connor, asked her about that. She kind of gave like a short answer, which I get. Um, but she said when she was, you know, doing Washington stuff, she was 100% focused on, uh, you know, getting a better situation for Washington, which she did, you know, like getting the Big Ten 
It's probably the best case scenario as far as money goes. But I was, I, you know, I was impressed uh, with her so far. Uh, you know, I've had some people text me. This is the first time USC's made a real hire and, you know, an athletic director in a long time. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. But it was sort of like, it's kind of a weird situation. I, I, I asked her about, like, the schedule because USC and UCLA and the rest of the Big Ten have their 2024 schedule. Um, I'm like, you're probably more, you know, equipped to answer this than anybody. You just got Washington into the conference and basically that blows up the whole schedule they had. Like, what are they going to do? And she says, yeah, they're all working on it and stuff. So there wasn't any like kind of details, but we talked to Martin Jarman uh, from UCLA last week and he seemed to indicate that, uh, they're going to have Oregon and Washington regularly on the UCLA schedule. Okay, that, um, that would make the most sense. It's just the model is going to be kind of weird. Like, how how do they make that work with 18 teams? But um, they'll probably figure out a way, at least protecting them to some extent. Yeah, I mean, look, if I'm not, like, kidding around, it seems like a good enough hire. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 she, she definitely hired well the last time with football. I think if you're USC, if you didn't vet what the hell happened with Jimmy Lake, you know, was it just a continuity hire? She didn't feel comfortable making a different one because of the success of Peterson. Um, and then also, uh, I, I know for USC, basketball is is far to the back in terms of second fiddle. But um, still, what's going on with the management of that basketball program? Was it a money thing where you could only fire the football coach and then that's why Mike Hopkins still has a job? Or is there a weird loyalty thing? Because not kidding, that actually won't play well with USC fans if there's this like, Oh, I hired the guy, so I want to give him as much time as possible to uh, to sustain. So, you know, those would be the things I'd be looking at critically. But looking at what she did hiring Kaylin DeBoer, you know, what we were talking about before that hire is one of the best coaches going. And to go out and get him at Washington was, you know, one of the best hires in the league in the last decade or more. No. So, I, yeah, I, agree, I mean, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of reason to be positive and, uh, some notes of caution that go into just that base thing about managing coaching. I mean, who knows how she is as a fundraiser? I mean, she got she got Washington a stadium, but also got them super into debt doing it. So who knows? Yeah. Well, I guess they have more money to play with. And the whole Jimmy Lake thing, a lot of people felt that was sort of like Chris Peterson on his way out. Like, you know, very, very much endorsing the hire of Jimmy Lake. I, I, the credit I would give her is that she got off it pretty quick. Yes. The fact that he never even coached an Apple Cup, that's <laughs> she's like, I hired the guy. You don't even get to coach one Apple Cup and you're out. Well, and so they seized on a great, like, just not, like what was transparently like bullshit pretext for doing it, too. It shows that it was quick acting, like response to what was on the field, not the bullshit pretext. Yeah. Which was good because um, it should always be about, uh, you know, if if something is an immediate failure, you should do that. The Hopkins thing is just weird. That is kind of weird. I, I think he did have a good first couple years, right? And then after that, it was just not. Yeah. Good. So his his second year, he looked like he was going to rule the league for a little bit. But his second year was now five seasons ago, and the last wow, four yeah. have been bad. They've been bad. Yeah. yeah. And he's recruited well enough that they shouldn't have been that bad. That makes sense. Um, we'll see. I don't know how good she's going to be, but this is like you. I don't think USC could have got a sitting Power Five athletic director in 2019. Things got better. Now they can get a sitting athletic director from a Power Five program. So I think those are the right steps you want. And I don't know. I mean, some people are like, go hire Alabama's or whatever. It's like USC needed to fix a lot of stuff in the athletic department. And uh, I think similar to George Klyovkov, there was low-hanging fruit. There was so many mistakes that were made by you know Larry Scott, by Pat Hayden, Lynn Swan, that Mike Bone, Brandon Sosna come in, and they fixed a lot of the stuff. Um, and then there was some harder stuff. 
you know, they got Lincoln Riley. They got to the Big Ten. Like they they did some of the, they did a lot better stuff than like what Klyovkov did coming in. But you sort of like they fixed the low hanging fruit early, so you just made it a better landing spot for whoever your next AD is. So seems like she's going to want to be there for a while. Um, I don't know how old she is. She's got you know college age kids, so probably like fifties or something. But uh, you know, I think they're pretty excited. She was asked about the whole like first female athletic director, and they were just like you know didn't like embrace that as much as just like you know there's really successful women's athletic programs at USC. Like that shouldn't even be a thing. Um, which is great, but it is the first time USC's hired a, a woman as an athletic director. So you had a female president, you have a female athletic director, and I know there's some people out there that are like, "Oh, it's just a hire because she." I I think she's a you know a really she might have been their first candidate or the top candidate, um, and a lot of people I talked to were really uh, fired up about her, not because she was a woman, but because she's a good athletic director. And like I said, the the guys at Dogman couldn't uh, praise her enough. So, um, yeah. So anyway, it's a little conference news. At least yeah. Conference news yeah. Now, now uh, Washington has an opening they need to fill. They probably don't need to rush to do it. Um, but that'll be an interesting position to fill. And it's going to be a challenging time for Washington because they're going to be in a, uh, uh, a negative position relative to their competitor competitive peers, especially in football for the next seven years or so while they work to get back to the even revenue with their conference foes. So, I mean, that's a really challenging position to be in for a new ad so i think that's going to be a really interesting hire to make you know who's going to and that's the one where you might be like well let's find somebody at the g5 level who's ready for a step up who's going to be kind of a visionary who's that sort of thing but they've got an interesting interesting choice to make going forward too yeah it's i mean i think you're safer now that you're in the big 10 but you are going to be at a whatever competitive disadvantage half the revenue uh as some of your peers I think, you know, having an AD in there to um, negotiate how the schedules are going to work because they're, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of input that's going to be there. I think the good thing is you still have, you know, Jen Cohen's not going to go in there and argue for something that's really going to hurt the University of Washington when it comes to schedules. I think the the West Coast schools will stay together. So I think Washington probably still has an advocate in that room, even if they don't have a sitting AD right now or if they have an interim or whatever it is. But I think it is, is important because that you know that schedule, and I asked Jen Cohen about. Uh, we had a little breakout scrum afterwards, and I asked her about uh, you know travel for you know one of the things that you talk about a lot, David, is uh, for the Olympic sports, the non-revenue sports, travel and stuff. And um, you know she you know she's like I'm starting tomorrow, but it's it's something that's you know still important. I'm like with conference realignment. I mean this is like a thing. Um, I'd love to see her or any, on on the, or the other ads be part of a football breakaway thing where we're going to keep, you know, regional, yeah. that, that would be great. But I didn't get an answer like Talk, that. But. Talking to Jarmond about it, reading between his lines, I think what he said is definitely not a hard no to the idea of doing a breakout conference for basically non-revenue. It was essentially, look, we're full ahead go with getting them all into the Big Ten. However, conversations are always happening. You know, yeah, people are always talking. It's just we have to commit to the idea that it's going to happen because we have to plan for it. But essentially... If somebody comes up with a really good plan for the others for the other sports, that would probably be ideal. Um, yes. So, anyway, we'll see on all of that. We've got some other really important news. What's the other important news? The really important news is that Brett McMurphy released oh. uh, the annual um, favorite mu- musical artists of every Pac-12 coach, and this is this is an incredible historical document. Have you have you observed this? Have you have I, you taken it all in? I have glanced. You, 
I'm not the Have big, you like... juice this particular orange? You know, when some people say, like, who's your favorite artist? Like, I like listening to music, but I'd rather listen to just, like, a shuffle. Like, I'd rather just listen to a bunch of stuff that I like as opposed to, I'm going to hammer this album. Like, Drake's third album was the best, or whatever it is. Like, I, I've never been that guy. So when it comes to, like, here's his favorite artist, like, I'm just not going to have that strong of an opinion. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Sure. So I'm I'm not a big tastemaker guy. Like, whatever okay. your taste is, that's fine. Um, the thing is that's obvious here is that uh, some of these coaches have never listened to music before. Uh, <laughs> some of them don't have a taste of any kind. Okay. Uh, and some of them are Kenny Dillingham. So we need to go through this. Can I ask you one quick question? Sure. Is there Are there going to be answers on here like when – like the president chooses his dog and they're like, what's the most popular dog in the country? And they get the most popular dog, like a golden retriever and his name is buddy, buddy or whatever it is. Like they just, it's like a political reason to get your pet. Like, is there, do you think there's, that's gone on here? No, no, because there's okay. no way the majority of players <laughs> on the teams even know these artists, let alone, uh, uh, listen to their music. Okay. So starting off Jetfish, Morgan Wallen, Morgan Wallen is a country singer. It's like a, fa- uh, like it's a famous younger country singer or something. Famous or? younger country singer, also famous for dropping the N word with a bunch of buddies on a recorded video. Oh, I didn't know about that. In recent times. I didn't know that. So, if we're going on the political angle, like what's a good artist to name to your team of majority black players? Not him. Definitely not. Um, I don't really know anything about him, but I've heard. I I haven't listened to a a word of his singing. I've heard people say, like, oh my God, he's the best. I'm like, I haven't really heard. Whatever. Dumb answer, Jed Fish. (laughs) Kenny Dillingham. Now, I'm, I'm sort of like putting the lead at the top, which is good journalism, but bad for talking about a list. He listed Train. Are you familiar okay. with the band Train? I mean, I've heard, I, I know the bit, like, but I couldn't tell you a song. But if I heard the song, I'd be like, okay, I know that song. All yeah. right. So Train is famous for Drops of Jupiter, uh, Soul Sister, oh, yeah. and Meet Virginia. You know what those songs have in common? They're all 20 years old and <laughs> shitty love pop by a band that has not done anything of value since then. Kenny Dillingham is 33 years old. <laughs> Are you telling me he was listening to Train as an 11-year-old and was so moved that he swore off music from that moment forward I and is just carrying it forward from there? When I, like when I was in... Or okay. did he pick up Train as like a 28-year-old, which would be insane? That would be worse, right? Yeah. When I was yeah, like when I was in high school and I worked in the grocery store, like we had a twenty one year old that was like our boss, and I would listen to his music because it was like, oh, this like twenty. Sure, so that's how like all the- young people come to find oldies because yes. their parents listen to it on road trips. Like that's sort of behavior, correct? Right. So would that be a train thing? Is that how that's that not train? No, train is what you listen to if you were twelve and watching Total Request live, and in no other circumstance were you ever listening to train. Gotcha. That was the only time. It's why you're not familiar with it, because you were not 12 in the late 90s. <laughs> I was. Okay. So I'm familiar with Train. I'm familiar with their oeuvre. This is not anyone's favorite band. No one's favorite band is Train. So are you going to revise your Arizona State uh, Yes. Prediction? Oh, no. This factor is in later. Uh, okay. Justin Wilcox says Bruce Springsteen. That's fine. As a sports writer, I am obligated to say Bruce Springsteen is fine. That's, That's fine, okay. Yeah. Uh, Deion Sanders would not answer. Now, what would we speculate that means? Because I can tell you my speculation. He couldn't be bothered. It's either straight gospel, and nobody just, he's not willing to to drop that, or it's really bad country music, and nothing else. There's no other option. You don't think he just, he's like, well, if it's not going to go on my YouTube show, I'm not going to No, 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 why he didn't answer, I don't care. 
But uh, what would his answer have actually been? You don't think it could have been like, I think it's it's Kanye or something or like gospel or country. Okay, one of the two. All right, next we've got Land Danning. Mm. This is actually linked to Chip Kelly. They both picked Mumford and Sons. That's like the kind of stuff, right? Okay, correct. (laughs) It's an English uh, band uh, that plays kind of that like up tempo, like folky uh, rock that was really popular in like the late aughts. Yeah. Uh, but here's the interesting like thing. It was like really a... popular in 2009. Okay. Uh, not since then. It's been 14 years since they released. It's catchy. It's 14 years since they released their album that was like Sigh No More and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. 14 years. Okay. Um, they're not good. Uh, <laughs> it, that And it was good for a little while there, but it's not been good since. Um, Dan Lanning, Similarly to Kenny Dillingham is like 35 years old. Do they blow into a jug and stuff? Is that one of those? No, <laughs> but here's the better answer. If either of them wanted to do it, it was flogging Molly. Chip Kelly in particular should have gone flogging Molly because they're not a hated English. They're Irish. Oh, uh, is, that, is that the... Um, Come on. No, is flogging Molly, is that the... Uh, the flogging Molly is like uh, Irish rock punky, but it's sort of... Um, so you know Dropkick Murphys? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Dropkick them, Murphys. Them, but a lot better. Okay. Yeah. But that one song with the, you know... Um, you play in the Descendants or whatever, like that was really good. Uh, coming back to Boston or shipping, shipping yeah, back to Boston. Yeah, that's Dropkick Murphys. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, same sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Jonathan Smith says Eric Church. I'm willing to say that's totally fine. Eric Church is a good country artist. He sings good songs. Yeah. Um, then you've got Troy Taylor who says Matt Kearney, which I'm willing to concede I don't know him. I don't know who that is. He's a country artist. Um, Why do we have all this country on the West Coast? This is what I'm saying. So he's a country artist, but I don't know him. Conference collapsed, but willing to concede, he actually likes him because it's a name that I don't know, right? Sure. So if you're going to do that, okay. Lincoln Riley picked Kenny Chesney. Kenny Chesney, sort of like Train, is nobody's favorite artist. (laughs) He is the most milk toast freaking country artist in history. Yeah, but you're you're from Texas. Like I could see a Texan liking that. Nobody can name a Kenny Chesney song. You can't. It's impossible. I think. I think a lot of country people can. No, it just it just it just like bounces off the brain. It's like when um, you know how in Apollo thirteen they're talking about like the orbital window, like the window that you need to hit to have the yeah. the, the the capsule go. Yeah, yeah, the reentry um, window, and if you don't hit it, it just bounces off the atmosphere and out into space. Yeah, it's like skipping. that's every Kenny Chesney song trying to enter your brain so you can remember it. Just it bounces and skips, skips off the atmosphere off your... straight into outer space. <laughs> okay. Uh, Whittingham says Rolling Stones totally fine. That's yeah, uh, that's, that's like that along with Springsteen maybe like the only good answers here. I'll give Eric Church a good answer too. Okay. Then you got Caitlin DeBoer who said Journey. <laughs> he said Journey. I like Journey, but they can't be your favorite. <laughs> you, you, exactly. You can't have Journey be your favorite. You can have it be your, your ironic favorite, but you can't have it actually be your favorite. It's not like hey, I'm going to go home. I'm going to listen to Journey. I'm going to relax and listen to Journey. I'm going to go party and listen to Journey. Well, there's no. some good party songs from Journey. There's like a song. It's like a good addition to a playlist. Don't stop. Yeah, yeah. there's one song that okay. you sing at karaoke, Drunk. That's it. It's a pretty good drunk song. Yeah. And then uh, Jake, uh, Jake Dickert said uh, Luke Combs, which again, like Matt Kearney, is just really a country who artist who's like a medium tier, whatever. That's, That's pretty totally weak, fine. Weak Train list. is insane. Yeah. And so the main point here it's like, say, is- like the Hanson Brothers or whatever. Like or this Hansen. is- like, obviously, none of them are going for, like, a political answer that made sense. Because okay. you would not pick all of these artists if you were trying to appeal to, say, the constituents on your team. Yeah. 
Well, Insane. If you, if you tuned in, I'm sure this is the content you were looking for. Look. For the over 100 people on our YouTube look, channel right now, thank you. Look, this was important. I needed to share. Okay. I, no, it's very rare that you actually, when there's not something on the docket that I wrote, like that you. No, no, no. This needed to be added and it needed to be discussed at length. Yes. And I'm glad I got it. I'm glad I put it out there. <laughs> that was like the only note you've ever put in the document. <laughs> That's about Kenny Chesney skipping off the atmosphere of your brain. That's good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get to. Um, I guess we can call it. Uh, I don't know if we want to call it this, but Pac-12 Roundup. Yeah, we're gonna do uh, countdown, breakdown, look at, and analyze every Pac-12 team and give you their schedule. All right, uh, and give you what we predict the records to be. So you're gonna have to do like the order of schedules and stuff because I did mine in like a kind of cross pollinated spreadsheet. I'll do that. I just I have them uh, according to the Pac-12 schedule. I just kind of wrote them down in there. So we'll go through. Do you have uh, a printer at home? I have a printer at home. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I'm old. Sound uh, off in the mentions. Do you guys have printers at home still, or do you like have to go to Kinkos every time you want to print something? I haven't, uh, had, I haven't had a printer since I was like 18 years old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got one. Um, you know, you do like adult stuff. Mm. You'll, you'll get there someday. Who knows? Adult things. Uh, we'll go in alphabetical order, just kind of across. Uh, just in general, I think I probably screwed this up. <laughs> um, it's just hard for me to pick. Like, I guess my overall philosophy was there's going to be the haves and the have-nots again. And we kind of saw that last year. I think Dave's going to do much more cross-pollination. I just kind of think like the good teams are going to be good and beat all the bad teams, and the bad teams are going to be bad and lose to the good teams, and then some of them will beat each other, and that's sort of where you were. Um, so, and I don't know. and I, Yeah, some of these, not super sure about, but I, I kind of went in with a couple things. Like I knew who I wanted to play in the championship game, and I knew like one team. I knew I, I, I wanted – we're going to talk about um, first – Arizona Wildcats. Wow. I want to talk about Arizona being a six and six team. I felt like this was going to be what Jed Fisher was going to get there, and I, I sort of like made my picks based around. I think they're going to be six and six. To be, I also, David, asked all of our experts, all of our publishers that we talked to. Look at you. Who? Oh, what, so that's what you were doing when you texted me last I night. I did. Yeah, I texted you this. Uh, I asked everyone what they thought their team would finish. And I would say overall, there's more wins on here than losses. So I think people are a little bit more optimistic uh, about their team. Um, although I'm more optimistic about one team than the other ones. And I'm less optimistic about other ones. But uh, for Arizona, Jason Shear gave me a 6-6 six and six prediction. That's what I felt Arizona would do too. I have them at 6-6 six and six and 4-5 and five in conference. Where do you have them? So for Arizona, I have them as seven and five. Okay, so better than me, all right? Yeah, and, and you have, you're more optimistic than Jason Shear. And uh, five and four in conference. Okay. Uh, do do should we just go through them or what's? The, yeah, we can go through them. Um, out of conference, I have them losing to Mississippi State, but winning same. NAU and UTEP. All right, so you had what six and six? Yeah. And what was the other thing? Four and five. Four and five. Okay. Um. The losses, I have them losing uh, to Washington, USC, Oregon State, UCLA, and Utah, basically like the upper half of the conference. Right. I have them losing to USC, Utah, Colorado, and Washington State. 
Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I haven't beaten Washington State. I haven't beaten Colorado. Uh, I am not very high on Colorado, just FYI. Um, all right. So you, you have it mixed up a little bit more than me. Yeah. I think Arizona is a, um, a chaos agent, a random number generator uh, in a lot of ways, which is mainly because their defense is probably still going to be terrible, but their offense is going to be gangbusters. And that just lends itself to any game could go any weird way, and it doesn't really matter. So, um, yeah, they'll they'll lose some weird games that they should win, and they'll win some weird ones that they should lose. That's interesting. I think I, I definitely feel the offense is going to be good, and it's a rebuilt defense. And you know, talking to Shear about it a little bit, um, I think he's got some optimism that the defense can actually be a little bit better. They were bad last year, but it's uh, they they add a lot of pieces uh, on that defense, so it's going to be a different look. Still got Johnny Nansen uh, running the show over there. Um, but, yeah, I feel like 6-6, six and six, this is the year they get to a bowl game. Um, so we'll see what happens there. All right. Next up we have Arizona State Sun Devils. Uh, I asked Chris Cartman, and he said 6-6 uh, six and six as well um, for Arizona State. I also have... The Sun Devils at six and six, but I have them three and six in conference. Uh, I have them kind of starting fast and then uh, losing some momentum. Uh, what, how, what do you got them at? I have ASU. I had them uh, heading into uh, Brett McMurphy's tweet at five and seven, two and one in conference or out of conference. Uh, I now have them at um, uh, four and eight, two and one out of conference. So they're now going two and seven in conference. Wow. Okay. Uh, the flip was I had them upsetting Oregon. Uh, I now no longer have that. Interesting. Okay. I have them going 3 and 0. I think they're going to they have three games at home. I think uh, Oklahoma State and uh Fresno State will definitely be tough. Important point. So, um ASU fans, I know we've got uh, quite a few of you on here. One thing I'm not loving that I'm reading constantly from Cartman's tweets uh, about Kenny Dillingham, Denny Killingham, in addition to obviously the train stuff, which kind of opened my mind to the idea that maybe he's not going to work out there. He's he's Got a little bit of Psycho Jim Mora vibes from everything I'm reading about what he's doing after these practices. Like, a lot of blowing a gasket over, like, the offense not performing well and stuff. Like, from, like, not really positive vibes. I'm not, I'm not getting positive vibes. I'm getting a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, pissed off for greatness. But, you oh. know, how does that vibe from a 33-year-old? You know, I don't I watch, know. Yeah, I watched the videos and like he was asked about the quarterback stuff and he's like, everything's on the table. And he was asked like a follow up, like everything's on the table. And Pine, I guess, is banged up a little bit. But uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like Borgay is going to start. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I guess we will. I guess we will. I, I have them finishing really poorly. Like they lose SC early, but I haven't beaten like Cal in Colorado. But I have them in their last stretch, losing to Washington, beating Washington State, losing to Utah, losing to UCLA, losing to Oregon, losing to Arizona. So that's why I have them. Like, you probably have something similar. I have their two wins as Cal and Washington State Okay, in conference. I have them beaten Colorado. Well, you're way higher on Colorado than I am. Yeah, maybe. Um, cool. All right. For next up. California Golden Bears. Uh we had uh, asked, uh, asked uh, Jackson Moore. He has Cal going five and seven. Damn, which is more way more optimistic than me. I had him three and nine and one in conference, just from listening to him basically talk about everyone that's left and all the problems that they're having and stuff. Uh, I guess if that quarterback comes in and like wins some games by himself, that'd be one thing. But 
I don't think they're be doing that good. What do you have, Matt? I modified mine actually after that because he sounded so much worse about Stanford that I changed the outcome of that game because I originally had Stanford winning it. So I have Cal going two and seven in conference, uh-huh. uh, three and nine overall, one and two in non-conference. Do you have them losing to like North Texas or Idaho? I have them losing to North Texas. Okay. Um, I have them losing to Auburn at home. Hugh Freeze, man. North like, Texas is on the road. It is on the road. They're They're not winning that football game. I think they're going to. No, no, no. They're definitely not winning that football game. Uh, I only have them beating Stanford. Who do you have them beating? Uh, I have them beating um, I have them beating Stanford, and I have them beating Washington State. Okay. Um, yeah, you're not that high in Washington State, huh? No. All right. Uh, we'll see. Jackson was a little more optimistic uh, than, than we were. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Next up, this is going to be controversial. Colorado Buffaloes. Adam Munster Tiger also has the buffs at six and six. Uh, big improvement from one and 11 from last year. He's like, big caveat that's if Shador Sanders stays healthy. So he made that clear. He's like, there's no depth after that. If he's done, they're done. Um, I don't know. I went through it and I just was like, I picked them to go two and 10. I double their wins from last year. Dude. One and eight. I don't know why. I just was like, just looking at the game, I'm like, I just, I don't know. I think he's going to be good, but I don't think they're going to be good this year. I think it's just too much, too much change. There's there's not a lot of depth. If the, the, the coach's son gets hurt, like the whole season's screwed. I don't know. I just, I'm not super optimistic. What do you have, Matt? I have them at five and seven, uh, two and one in non-conference. I've got them beating Nebraska. I think emotions are going to be super high for that one. Wow. Uh, no, I think they're going to be solid. Um, and uh, if the schedule wasn't so terrible, look, they've got some definite holes and there's a lack of depth at some key spots, but you can't argue with the skill talent they have. And yeah, you need to have great line play to win like 10 games, but do you need to have great line play to win five? I don't know. If you've got some gangbusters offense and they might, if you've got one of the most dynamic playmakers in the league in Travis Hunter, is that enough to eke out four or five wins? Sure. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I feel like the beginning of the schedule, the season is so tough at TCU and Nebraska. You got Matt Rule. Like, he's just took over a much better situation okay, uh, than Deion Sanders. Fearless, did. fearless prediction that Matt Rule is going to fail horribly. Really? I think he's going to do good. No. He's won everywhere he's gone. Yeah, but he's got college. that NFL stink on him now. There's nothing like that NFL stink. You think that NFL stink? Yeah, you can't get that off of you. You can't. It's like um, it's like Lady Macbeth. You know, you can't get that out of your hands. <laughs> All right, out, out, damn spot. Even you keep washing. Yeah, yeah. No, you can't wash that off. No. You're going to get layers of skin, and it's still going to be red. All right, I only haven't beaten Stanford and in, uh, in uh, Colorado State. So you have what game do you have them winning? What games? Uh, I have them beating uh, obviously Nebraska and Colorado State. Yeah. And then I have them also beating Arizona, ASU, and Stanford. Wow. Okay. Um, I mean, Arizona, ASU, I just, I'm thinking they're going to be better. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Just going through the schedule, I'm like, I just think it's going to start off really rough. And then by then, it's going to be really hard. I'm to, going like, hard which- anecdotal on Kenny Dillingham, but I think those anecdotes have merit. And I just, I got to be out on ASU. And if I'm out on ASU, then I got to go heavier on Colorado because or somebody of train. else. Yeah, well, train, and then also him being, like, apparently a little unhinged during practice. I mean, he's 33. He does look super young. He looks super young. Holy cow. Oh, he looks like a little boy. Yeah. All right, next up, 
Oregon Ducks. I gotta say this. We're not going to have this for too much longer. Huge jump alphabetically in the Pac-12. You go from Colorado, <laughs> C, all the way to O. Yeah. We need some like N, some L, some we other stuff very, in there. Like, the, the U's and the W's are really well represented. Very well represented. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's pretty, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Uh, so Matt Preem, he's pretty high on the Ducks. The people that cover the Ducks are pretty high on the Ducks. I am not as high on the Ducks, but he has uh, Oregon going 11-1. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like, I just feel like Bo Dix never got sacked, right? Like they just, No bigs. But all of those offensive linemen are gone. Um, Tosh Lepoy is the defensive coordinator. They got be- I think they got better on defense, but... But right there with USC, among the most talented teams in the league. True. And I think they'll be good, but I'm just not like... I don't think they're going to be 11-1 good. But yeah. We'll see. I have them at 9-3, and 7-2. And conference. What do you have the Ducks at? I so this is one that I changed with the Kenny Dillingham news because I originally had them also at nine and three and uh, and six and three in conference. Uh, I now have them ten and two and seven and two in conference. Okay. Um, so I have them sweeping non-conference. I have uh, them losing on the road to Texas Tech. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Um, I thought you were high on that game before. You told me something like that before. You yeah, like- maybe I was. <laughs> <laughs> Again, going back to the top of the show, do I remember anything I've said before? No, no, certainly not. Do, am, I, am I am I held to it in any way? No, definitely not. Okay. Uh, so the two games I have them losing are Utah and Washington. I have them um, uh, Utah. Yeah, same thing. Washington on the road and Utah on the road. I have them losing those. In games. addition to Texas Tech and Texas Tech. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I think we're pretty much in alignment because um, I could go either way on that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be really good. I don't know. So we both have them beating USC at home and beating Oregon State at home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think they'll Which, get. They, but, I mean, those could be tough games. I mean, they were uh, before uh, <laughs> before Jonathan Smith uh, broke out the uh, impervious. I'm going to run every time uh, <laughs> offense. They were beating Oregon State last year. You know where they hold those signs up, like when they're calling plays. <laughs> yes. You know, and it's like there's pictures of things or whatever. I, he should have just said, "Hey, give me a big piece of paper and write run on it," and it just <laughs> run. And they ran and it worked, and they he just holds it up, run. <laughs> I don't care what you just run the ball. It's it like, was so beautiful. It was. It was amazing. It, it was the closest thing I've come to. Uh, Is that on YouTube? We need to watch. Yeah, that it was either. like full circle from when uh, Stanford uh, beat the living shit out of UCLA in 2009, and Jim Harbaugh after the game was like, "Yeah, we, we we literally just ran the same play the entire second half, and it was like they never understood what was coming. The same exact run play the entire second half. Beautiful. That, that's bad. Yeah. All right, let's go. Oregon State Beavers. Now, this is where I get controversial. Okay. Oh, my God. Um, so, I talked to Angie Machado. Mm-hmm. There's some optimism there. Yes. <laughs> she said 11-1. 11-1, baby. And I, I think that's what I did for Oregon State last year, and I didn't realize, like, I had You didn't realize them. you did it because you weren't doing what you did this year, where you were, like, eyeballing it as you went. You yeah. were, like, just going ske- week by week by week. Yes, and then uh, I mean it didn't happen, but they did have a really good season. Obviously, uh, she was like maybe ten and two. I'm like, well, which one you would put down? And she's like, put eleven and one. I'm like, all right, let's go. Uh, eleven and one from Angie. I have them at ten and two, seven and two uh, in conference. I have them going ten and zero, and then losing to Washington, Oregon to to finish off the season. What do you have? 
I have Oregon State going eight and four and five and four in conference. Wow. Yeah. I've got them sweeping through the non conference, though. Hey, new, for something. new stadium. Yeah. I have them losing to Washington State, Oregon, wow. Arizona, and UCLA. Wow. Yeah. You've seen UCLA play, right? I have. Time or two. That's that's in Corvallis. I know. Not great. Not great. Do I feel good about it? No, certainly not. You think they're losing to Utah? Uh, what did I have? No, I haven't beaten Utah. Oh, okay, good. Because that's a Friday night game. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. They're they're <laughs> sorry, Utah. You're losing that one. <laughs> so that's duh. Like, yeah. okay, all right. Arizona. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know. Wow. I know. I know. All the Beav fans. Is this is this because they're leaving? Are they they're the only ones left of the conference? Is this why you're hating on them? You're just like trying to dunk on them on your way out the door as you leave for no, pastures. No, I would very much love for Oregon State to surpass my expectations. And here's an important fact, Beavers. They always do. I don't know that I've ever actually overshot uh, an Oregon State prediction. I think every single year I undershoot. Oh, I think I usually overshoot them. Well, you did last year, and that's as far back I as I did last year. I, I gave them a little more, um, well, yeah, like the road stuff. I didn't. I didn't buy into the road stuff. I don't. We'll see. But they were just bad on the road. That's kind of what I'm leaning on here, or yeah. at least a good portion of it. Uh, all right. Well, here's this should be a good one. Stanford Cardinal. Where's Jackson have these? Jackson dogs? has them at three and nine. Damn, which optimistic. Is, is that up, so that's pretty much been their schedule. I mean, their record the last two three years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is why they're in this predicament. I like Troy Taylor a lot. I've, I've not been putting up uh, graphics because there's a lot going on. Um, I like Troy Taylor a lot, but apparently I don't like Stanford. This is bad. I got him 1 and 11 and 0 and Damn. 0 and 9. Okay, so I, I didn't go that far. I went 2 and 10 and 1 and 8, but we're of a like mind. <laughs> we're of a like mind. Um, part of it is I do want to hear from the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. Okay. Like, it, could I have picked them to go three and nine, which is a probably go three and nine? Yes. But this way, I figure the Zodiac Killer might come out of the yeah. shadows if I say they're going to go O for conference. I get it. I get it. I have them beating Washington State. That's the only one I have. I mean, are they even practicing football right now? Like, they're probably just <laughs> lobbying the ACC to get in there. I don't even know if they realize there's a game coming up soon. Like, wasn't your whole theory last week that like because they're uh, because they're uh, on death's door, they're going to be galvanized and play well? Because remember the pandemic <laughs> yes. when they had to practice like yeah. in Humboldt or whatever. Yeah. They were like, oh, we're. See, I remember the thing you said last week. That's pretty good. Yeah, but then I just looked at them like I think they're going to suck. Yeah, you know, I originally had them uh, beating Cal, but then I changed that. Like, if we're really happy that they got like six transfers this year instead of one. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be terrible. Don't don't get us wrong. So the the most lock thing you can get from this, and we did this last year with I think we were we were on Colorado and Stanford being two of the worst teams you've ever seen, and they were very early, and they were Stanford is going to be one of the worst teams you've ever seen. Uh, Cal's going to be terrible. Those right. two teams, stone cold locks to be bad this year. All right, so we're I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, you remember? I think I forget who I was talking to. It might have been one of the Oklahoma writers. I forget the player's name, but you know USC got some Oklahoma transfers because Lincoln Riley came over. They had like a all Big Twelve safety or something that was really smart. Graduated, like enrolls in Stanford, like gets in. Doesn't he's not he, 
and basically like goes and knocks on David Shaw's doors like, hey, I played football in Oklahoma the last few years. I'm in school. Can I come in and play? Like that's how they got a transfer last year. It wasn't anything that Stanford did. It was just literally a dude who was like really good at football at so at a power five program. Graduated, wanted to go to, to Stanford, got in on his own, and then knocked on the, the coach's door to play for their team. So that's how they got a transfer last year. At least they got a few this year. But if you're not playing a transfer game, it just seems like you're going to be falling further behind. You're losing a lot of dudes, and it's hard to replace them. Yes, exactly. All right. Next up. UCLA Bruins. <laughs> the Bruins. So I uh, asked the I tried to call a few UCLA experts, and I couldn't get a hold of any. So then... David Woods told me nine and three. Correct. Um, <laughs> so I guess that reveals yours. Uh, I also have UCLA going nine and three, six and three in conference. Yeah, I think we're probably the same. Um, so I have a sweep in non-conference as well. Yeah. Uh, my uh, and I reserve the right just for bros who are listening, uh, UCLA subscribers to uh, our website. Uh, I'm, I reserve the right to change this by the end of the week when I do my season prediction. However, I have the three losses right now as USC. Arizona on the road and Utah on the road. Interesting. Uh, I have them at USC, Oregon State on the road, and Utah on the road. Okay. So our difference is basically Arizona versus Oregon State. You are like, you seem like you have Arizona winning a lot of games, like good games. And then they, no, winning, I have them going seven and five. But they're winning like. Again, a chaos agent. Okay. Nothing is chalk. I know. There's no chalk in this world. This is the Pac 12. <laughs> It's the last There's going to be weird shit that happens. Yeah. You got to anticipate. All right. Um, so we're both nine and three for the Bruins. Yeah. It's extension a pretty cake. For Chip Kelly. Yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. Duh. Big time extension uh, that binds both the school and the coach. Like, I, I don't know. I'm thinking like a 50 or $60 million buyout. Something Jimbo Fisher. I like that. Uh, I still have. So my upper half, you know, including UCLA is in there. I think UCLA can win the conference too. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there's some, there's just more unknowns right now. Like you don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Is it Dante Moore? Is it, you know, what, what's the, upside, the upside is mostly linked to the schedule. The schedule is pretty easy. Um, if, if a few things break righter than otherwise, they could go 11 and one. Like it wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't take that much because they don't have to play Oregon and Washington in the regular season. Uh, so yeah, it's possible. Um, it's going to require them settling on a quarterback soon and then having that quarterback outperform expectations is that out of the realm of possibility no yeah. um but it's going to be that the defense will have to be improved but the fact that they don't have to play oregon and washington is the biggest factor yeah it's just tough to open the pac-12 season on the road at utah but who knows maybe cam Rising isn't healthy by then ucla gets a win there i mean i still think the oregon state game on the road is going to be tough and you know but those are games that could go you know There'll be tough games that could go either way, but you happen to win those. Maybe you're like 40% to win those, but you could win them both. And then now it's like, whoa, uh, Pac-12 Conference Championship is in is in reach. But those, right, so here's, those are key ones. here's the question, though, Ryan. Yeah. What's the point where I get out over my skis optimistic? Because this is a tough schedule for that. Because they've got the three non-conferences, which won't inspire anybody, right? They'll be three and zero. Oh, but if they beat Utah on the road, then you're going to be in. But yeah. that's the one because that one's first. The yeah. problem is they could easily just get their asses handed to them, and then I won't be optimistic the entire season. Or it'll be this like slow burn that won't happen until like they beat ASU, and it's like they're you know nine and one at that point going into USC. But that's what it would require. Yeah. But if they beat Utah, I think you're dead right. Yes. That week, that last <laughs> week of September, I think I'm going to be a nutcase. 
I'm going to be on this show, like, singing fight songs and shit. Don't do that. But I could see it. Yeah, um, no, easily. And it, I think it would probably be, you know, how healthy Cam Rising is. We just don't know. We'll see. All right, next up. USC Trojan. Uh, the expert, I guess, is me. Uh, super... Super Homer, I don't know. I, I you know, I'm going to tell you what I think if they. You're stick. going twelve and zero. I'm going eleven and one. Eleven and one. Eleven and one. I have them. I have them losing to Oregon on the road, and then, oh, so you got them beating Notre Dame on the road. Yeah, I don't think Notre Dame's going to be that good. No, they, they're not. They they bring in the the quarterback from, but they bring in like a like a weird system quarterback that he was running the slow mesh stuff. I think he's going to be a better quarterback than what they had. They don't have great skill guys. I just I just feel like USC can go in there and score a bunch of points and win. They'll have a good defense for sure, but um, and I do think USC's defense is going to be a lot better. I just you know maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like they're, if they're not a lot better, then they're not going to go eleven to one. But I feel like it's going to be a lot better. Uh, I think going into U- Eugene's going to be really tough uh, to win a game. I think Washington will be a lot of fun, but it's in the Coliseum. Utah, they've you know have been able to beat them, but that's in the Coliseum. So I kind of think you know you get that big road win against Notre Dame, and then uh, you know they they win the games at home and you end up eleven and one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I've got them ten and two. Uh, I've got them losing to Oregon and Washington, the Washington game at home, um, but could easily go the other way. Um, I think that one's going to be like kind of a fifty-fifty-ish type game, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Oregon's going to be tough on the road. Uh, but I think of the the top teams in the Pac-12, um, they're one of two. I think that has the best chance at actually making a playoff run from this schedule. Yeah, I think it helps the whole conference that most of the the games that we think the perceived good teams are all playing each other later in the season. So, I mean, the middle of the season, you might have six Pac-12 teams ranked. You know, that'd be great. Yeah, no, I mean, I think there's there's a there's a real chance though of beating each other senseless and out of the playoff again. It could happen because the top teams, if I remember correctly, all four of the top ones: Oregon, Washington, USC, and Utah, all have to play each other. Like none of them avoid each other. Yeah. Um, West, West Texas Mike says Ryan thinks the slow mesh is shit. No, the slow mesh at, at Wake Forest is awesome. When Stanford tried to run it, it was shit. And if you try to go to another, like if you have a, I don't know, I don't know as much about it, but it's fun when they do it. But I don't think Notre Dame's going to run that, and that's what he was been running. So I'm not sure. Uh, okay, let's go. Next up, we have. These two Utah Utes. The UU. Uh, I talked to Steve Bartle, and he said nine and three for, right. the, for the Utes. Um, I think that's probably about right. I have a, I put down eight and four, and uh, six and three in conference. What did you have? I have the exact same thing. Okay. Um, I think they beat Florida, lose to Baylor on the road. Oh, so you're finally coming around. Yeah, is that that's what you're. You're finally understanding football. This is nice. I'm understanding football. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just. <laughs> if I knew Cam Rising was healthy, I think I'd probably pick him three and zero. Well, then you're not understanding. Okay. Because if he was healthy, they'd still lose to Baylor on the road. They would. Okay. Yeah. It's just what it is. Um, their future conference mates. What's their three losses for you? Uh, I have them in the- conference. Caleb, uh, Caleb on um, YouTube says Stanford made the slow mesh look like Charles Barkley golf swing. That was pretty good. 
They just make it look pretty bad. Although they they kind of worked against USC for a while, but yeah. um, that was uh, yeah, that was uh, no bueno. Okay, so I have uh, Utah losing to Baylor, losing to SC on the road, and Washington on the road. So I got them. You only have them losing games. three times. Three times. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, Oregon State on the road too. The Friday night. All right, game. we've got the same thing. Okay, we have the exact. Wow, same we picked Utah exactly. We have the exact same thing for Utah. So that's kind of chalky though. Like road games, tough road games, they lose and they yep. win the rest of them. Well, Utah is not a chaos agent. Utah is the furthest thing from a chaos agent in the league. They're the most dependable team. Yeah. You know what you're getting. And those are the games they'll lose. Okay. I mean, would, wouldn't be shocked if this is an 11-1 Utah team and they win the Pac-12 again. Um, it would be, there's going to be some tough I mean, it's just a really difficult schedule. Yeah. Um, I think that's where, uh, that's, that's where we're looking at this. Like, man, it's just going to be tough. Um, yeah. So, all right, we got two more left. First, Washington Huskies. <laughs> uh, talk to um, Chris Fetters. He had them at ten and two. Mm-hmm. I have them eleven and one, eight Ooh. and one in conference. I have Washington and USC playing for the Pac-12 championship game. So I got them at eleven and one again. Who do you have them losing to? Uh, to USC. Okay, uh, I have them at ten and two. Okay, uh, three and zero. Oh. Uh, outside of conference, uh, my two losses for they Washington. The, they have the uh, road game against Michigan State that'll be tough, and they have Boise no, State. Or no, no, they don't. They don't have any games that are tough. If you know Washington, <laughs> you know what game is tough. The Oregon game. No. Mm, Arizona State game. Arizona game. Arizona. At Arizona. Yeah. Come on. Where's your Washington history? No, they, they've not done well in Tucson. Uh, they're going to lose to Tucson. They're going <laughs> to lose to the city of Tucson uh, and uh, Oregon State. Okay. Uh, but they'll win the rest of them. They will be the clear number one team in the regular season. Number one team overall? In in the Pac-12. They're going to go 10-2. Do you have them losing two Pac-12 games? Yeah. They, they're losing to Arizona and Oregon State. Okay. So then, but they're the clear? Yeah, because they will have beaten USC and Oregon, the other two 7-2 and two teams. Okay. So they'll have seven, they'll all be 7-2. and two. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. So... We're similar on Washington. So you have Washington winning best record, and they're going to play for the conference championship? Uh, yeah. Uh, because of uh, Michael Penix. Caleb Correct. DeBoer. Penix. Um, I'll put that up on the screen there. Oh, we have the, we have the schedule. I can throw that up, too. Um, it's hard. when I, We have to do a lot of, like, looking at stuff and talking. It's hard for me to, like, run the board, too, and, like, put things up on the screen. Mm. So my apologies for that. One last one. We've oh, got... I was editing our chat because there's some spammer going crazy in here. Is there? Yeah. Nice. Kick them out. All right. Next up. I'm last one. I think I froze. Them. Washington State Cougars. <laughs> All right. Uh, it was Jamie, I think I emailed about this, and he said eight and four for the Cougs. Mm. I'm a little different. <laughs> um... I got five and seven. I have the same. Uh, three and six in conference. I have them. Uh, yeah, three and six in conference. I think we've got a very different three and six. There, it might be different. I've, I, the, all I remember is watching Cam Ward throwing the ball to the line of scrimmage over and over yeah. and over again. Do you remember that Fresno State game? Yeah. And if you pick a Pac-12 team to like cover a spread or something, and then they get like walloped and look like ass doing it it's really hard for you to think yeah. positive things about them yep which i have vivid memories of picking i have vivid this game. i have vivid memories picking the opposite and telling you you were uh, making the wrong yeah. choice so sorry coogs 
but um, I'm giving you five and seven. Yeah, and my three uh, wins for Washington State in conference are Arizona, uh, Colorado, and Oregon State. I have them beating uh, Colorado and Cal. And what else do I have? Oh, do I have a worse record than I thought? (laughs) No, no. Uh, Oh, I think I have them. I have them beating uh, Colorado State and whoever the third team is it Montana or something or was that what's the third game for uh, Washington State? Oh, the non-conference you mean? Yeah, I don't know what that logo is. Uh, Hang on. Uh, It is Colorado State, Wisconsin, and Northern Colorado. Northern Colorado. Yeah, so I have them winning those two and then three. Oh, so I guess I have, yeah, three and six. So I have Stanford, Cal, and Colorado I have them beating. Okay. Um, All right, so uh, general thing is we have uh, Ryan has a couple of elite teams in USC, Washington. So he has a playoff team this year because he's going to have the winner of that game in the playoff. His winner is, drumroll please. USC Trojans. And my winner is... Washington Huskies. (laughs) My winner, as is tradition here in the Pac-12, is not going to the playoff. Uh, They will be the 11-2 Washington Huskies playing another game in the Rose Bowl. Ryan's winner uh, will be playing in the playoff. That's what I'm thinking, but who knows? It should be... The fun thing, it should be a crazy Pac-12 season. Because it's the last one, because there's a lot of good teams, there's a lot of good quarterbacks. And we'll see if uh, it'll be a lot more fun if it doesn't go the way I think. And they're those teams, you know, the Arizona's beat Washington's or Arizona State's beat beat Oregon's, things like that happen. Um, Colorado beats USC. Like if stuff like that happens, it'll be a lot more fun. Of course, it'll ruin playoffs, but um, I just don't see it happening. I mean, for USC specifically, like their first three games in the Pac-12 are against the three programs that have brand new coaches. You know, like that's just going to be tough. I feel like with the three new coaches, I like all of them. I like all the hires, but I don't think they're going to be very good this year. Um, I think, you know, Washington did a great job turning around. But like you look at Washington's 4-8 and eight team, even USC's 4-8 and eight team, like they had a lot more dudes, I think, than like Colorado had or you know, what Herm Edwards left in Arizona State. Um, You know, I feel like it's it's a different kind of turnaround that it's great you hit the portal hard and bring a lot of dudes, but I just don't know if it's going to, you're going to be able to to get that kind of quick results. And unfortunately, we only got one year of this. So it's it's like now or never. Um, So we'll see, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I feel like these programs are going in the right direction, all the new coaches, but I just don't think year one is going to be Super fruitful. Well, that's an optimistic mindset. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, uh, Denny Killingham, not going to work out. Uh, favorite band is Train. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think, you know, ASU will be returning to the wishing well in three or four seasons. There he's, he's up on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, because Kenny Dillingham, at 33-year-old, likes Train, a band that was popular when he was like nine, <laughs> David says... Arizona State is good. I will say it's this. Like doomed? I, is it like Herm Edwards doomed? It's like, not good. Incredibly sanctioned I, coming I, I down. I will say this. I will say this. He very, very cheekily had uh, Hey Soul Sister playing during practice the next day after, after that, was that was that came after out. he got like super trolled for it. He got trolled for it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it wasn't shit. just me. Uh, a lot of ASU fan was like, what the fuck? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Train. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. What would you say if you someone had to say who's your favorite band? Like, what would you say? Damn. It's Tough hard. One. Like, huh? I'd think about it. Like, yeah. that's the thing. I'd be sitting there like, I don't know. Or like man. genre. What, genre? what about what, genre? What, I mean, that's again, it's like something as simple as rock. Uh, but, you know, like within different genres, there's different moods. There's different things you could be feeling. Yeah, but like, what I would probably pick is like, who am I listening to the most right now? You know? And that I, would be the way I would go. Yeah, it's like, I don't even look at who I'm listening to the most, but if it was like, okay, I had to listen to one band, I think having like a huge catalog, then I could, if I'm like on a desert island, I'm just only listening to this band. Like, if it was the Beatles, it's like there's a, I can listen to a whole bunch yeah, well, of songs. See, that's, that's exactly right. And that's the way Whittingham went, which is totally like Rolling smart. Stones which is like, or, oh yeah, I could listen to the Rolling Stones forever. That's yeah. totally fine. Um yeah, and the Beatles would work. I mean, that's the thing. If you're going just like, I, I don't know music, how do you not just say the Beatles? <laughs> right? right? Like, okay. Or like go like classic old like white guy thing and like pick like Led Zeppelin or something. Led Zeppelin. Right? Just pick a classic rock band. Any of them will do. Def Leppard. Not Journey. But not anyone, Journey. any other one will do. Yeah. Uh, pick the Eagles. I don't care. Just like have something that's like not uh, – Either like, you know, shitty racist country artist or uh, uh, Mumford and Sons. Mumford. Oh, boy. Um, Dave Matthews Band or something. What about that? I mean, what, what, I mean. What, what, I, what if someone said Dave Matthews Band? Like they have a, I would, I would respect them having a point of view. How about that? Okay. I would respect them having a um, – <laughs> they, they have a taste. They What's have the a, really popular – there's like a really popular country band – um zach brown band yeah the zach brown one like i've seen them and like that concert. like they were that, good like eric church i don't even like country but they like they were, eric church i think that's totally acceptable okay. if you want that to be your favorite band you like easy listening like beach music fine totally fine um you know it's like people who like uh i mean it's it's a different type of music but it's like people like jimmy buffett right oh yeah oh you just like that lifestyle that's totally fine that fits your lifestyle that's great um but like Mumford and Sons. Like yeah. Nobody's no, nobody's like, oh God, I'm really feeling I need to listen to like an hour of Mumford and Sons. No. Um like it's a car commercial from two thousand nine. I'm kind of big into yacht rock. I started going on boats more. I just like putting on <laughs> yacht rock. It's super chill. Like when you're on the water, it's like yacht rock's pretty badass. <laughs> that's an old guy. I love it. That's fine. Okay. Uh but there's not like you know, I don't know who you say, like Christopher Cross Cross or something <laughs> like you can't be your favorite artist. But like there's a genre you can like, you know. Yeah, no, like, uh, and well, that's one thing I would say is that it's kind of a dated thing because um, I think a lot of people have like playlist ideas. Like, what's your favorite playlist? Yeah, would, would yield, I think, some more interesting answers or maybe some more uh, generic ones, but at least more specific about what they actually like. Because um, it might be like, oh God, what's an artist in the like playlist of things I like? What's a name I can remember for some of these coaches? Yeah. So it's a hard question to answer. Don't get me wrong, but there's some answers that are right and some answers that are wrong. There, was, and there were a lot of wrong Train answers. was wrong. I thought you were going to say he had a good one, but he was a wrong one. No, man. All right. Well, why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back and answer some questions. Back in a minute. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24 7. 
The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. We need to preview a football game, Ryan. Oh, well, we'll do that, too. Um, <laughs> we can do it after the break. We usually do, anyway. I think. No? Uh, no, we usually do it before the we break. We might not. Um, yeah, something like that. We actually we actually had to do power rankings, which we didn't do. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I guess we could kind of do that on the fly. Well, no, we'll do it. We'll do that for next week. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're starting our picks against the spread. Uh, week one... Week zero, I guess. We have USC Trojan. This is 5 p.m. on Saturday. And they're, San, they're hosting who? The San Jose State Spartans. You want to make a... Sh- uh, or it's more like... Uh, um, what do Spartans have? They well, have swords, I guess. What's a line from 300? I can't really, I can't really do justice to the um, Gerard Butler. This is Sparta. I was thinking uh, of doing the like uh, Legolas one. Like, oh, we'll fight in the shade. Was that Legolas or was that Matthew Fassbender? I have no idea. Michael Fassbender. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, uh, Spartans. Um, Five p.m. Pac-12 Network. San Jose State traveling to number six USC. It's in the Coliseum. USC is currently. 31 point favorite 31 yes so we have an important thing that we need to disclose up top uh yeah. games are going to be shorter this year uh that's true yeah points are going to be harder to come by because the games are shorter uh it's and it's not going to be uniform uh the games will be shorter more than likely in uh mm, more competitive games maybe kind of not so shorter in longer games because essentially the clock is going to be running after first downs um, outside of the two minutes and yeah. when they're kept in bounds. Uh, if they go out of bounds, the clock stops still, at least until the ball is reset. Okay. So that's a factor. Will Vegas have adjusted to that early with their point spreads is the question here. I like that. That's a good point of view. You know, It's not like the same. Yeah. I'm going San Jose State because that's too many points. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take, I'll take USC in this one. Last year, I think I picked Rice like plus 30 or whatever. Now, Rice was the worst team. And USC got like three pick sixes in the game. Mm-hmm. I think they're just going to come out. It's Do you like, remember that Rice game, though? Uh, somewhat, yeah. they had. If it three. hadn't been for the pick sixes, it was like kind of an ugly fest a little bit. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't. That was the reason they covered. Right. Uh, actually, I think I might have picked USC to cover, and it was lucky, if I don't remember. Yes, I remember being angry about this. Oh, yes. Okay, so maybe um, I picked them to cover. So that's kind of what I'm thinking is with, with you know. Not just, three pick sixes in this well, one? Well, some new faces, the whole thing, um, and, you know, just getting the rust off of a long off season. Yeah, I'm thinking they don't cover. 
I think it's San Jose State. All right. Uh, well, I'll just go opposite the first first game and just say, uh, yeah, yeah, that gonna... worked out so well for you at the end of last year too. Well, it, it didn't. It beginning. didn't. It didn't drastically extend my lead at all. Well, that didn't matter in our that friendly point. competition. Yes, um, dude, this spammer, go NFL Live, get the hell out of here. Is that what's going on in our chat? Yeah, man, can, you can. Uh, I'm trying to. I keep hiding him, and he doesn't go away. Oh, you can. Um, I keep reporting and hiding. Put user on timeout. Something okay. Uh, what else do we got? All right, so yeah, so we picked that game. But <laughs> San Jose State's got a uh, the Hawaii transfer quarterback, veteran guy. Um, gave up a crap ton of sacks last year. They're kind of a feisty team. What seven yeah. and, seven and five Some last year? Yeah. Um, well coached. Uh, they were really good in twenty twenty. They won the uh, Mountain West. Yeah. Few years back, um, so yeah, I mean, they, I think they could be a pretty good team, but I feel like this is one of those things that USC is going to come out and just like kind of boat race them. I mean, they will. It's just a question of how much and do they let up at the end. Yeah, uh, that's true. Like, are you going to get Caleb Williams out of the game? Are you going to leave him in for a while to like build Heisman stats? I don't know. Yeah, but I'm not going to like pick against them in the first one. We'll see. Look if, at you. If Honk. they, uh, no, if they they burn me it's like it's like a 14 point game or something i'd be like all right i gotta revise my whole thing i got used to you in the clay helton era i gotta revise my usc strategy different yeah because i would pick against them every week yep um yeah i can't do that now like it turns out lincoln riley's better than clay helton i don't know if you realize that but he's better Hey, I, I, I read a, a tweet from one of your uh usc people uh that said uh that Clay Helton team that lost to Alabama by like uh, a million points. Yep. Uh, 25 of those players went on to play in the NFL. What do I hear from that? What do I learn from that? Great developer of talent. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Tremendous developer of talent. We have yet to see if, if Lincoln Riley is similar. I know. In his development of talent. Really? 25 guys went on to play in the NFL? Yes. They were actually beating, I think they were beating Alabama like in the second quarter. And then they lost. Three nothing? Like, <laughs> it was something like that. Uh, it was like it was so stupid. They well, came out with like looking like wild oh, animals, like awful. crawling. It, was, it great. was awful. That was awesome. It was so bad. Like you, you no. Wow, that was, that was an awesome game. They were pretty terrible. Yeah, I loved it. All right, I guess we got to get the questions. We have to get to your questions, people. I think we have a Colleen question. Show format going forward. Uh, she says the show format should mirror what we've all wanted to happen in college football: relegation, baby. For your show, this would take the form of you previewing the games of that week's highest ranked, highest ranking 10 teams from either the Pac-12 or the Big 10. Um, maybe she means the, the Big 12 too? I'm not sure. Then choose two additional teams of interest from the Pac-12, Big 10 that you just feel like highlighting. Let's face it, probably no one in the Big 10 cares or even wants to hear about Rutgers or Maryland and simply no one in Pac- the Pac-12 land wants to hear about Stanford. This way, you could keep the number of teams you preview manageable, cover the most interesting matchups, teams and matchups, and move forward without leaving the Pac-12 entirely in the dust like USC did. Sorry, Ryan. The main downside—they don't even mention UCLA, I guess. Yeah. The main downside would Super be sad. having to listen to insufferable Ohio State, but fine, whatevs. Oh, so she's talking about the the teams from the the current Pac-12 and the current Big Ten. Yeah, so basically take take all those teams and okay. whoever the 10 highest ranking are, preview their games every week. Okay. 
And then if, you know, they get bumped from the list, then we move people up. And then we also pick two other games to highlight from that group of teams. So, like, maybe, you know, if Utah's not among the – and they're playing, like, my, TCU, my it's going to problem with this, okay. uh, again, it's just we quickly become, like, almost a national podcast with that sort of stuff. Yeah. And that's not really our niche. And it's going to be kind of ridiculous to do that without, like, ever mentioning an SEC game. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know. I like the idea. Yeah, uh, relegation of anything is great. I love relegation. Uh, but I also feel like we would never again talk about, like, Arizona or, you know, Oregon State or teams that, like, well, not Oregon State, but, uh, you know, like, teams that have value that are very rarely ranked. Right. So, like, Colorado might not be ranked, but they would be, like, they're playing TCU. You're like, oh, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, you know? but we could pick two of those. But, like, you know, it would be, you know. Yeah. I don't know. We got to figure it out. Okay. We're going to figure it out. Promise. Thanks, Colleen. I, I like yeah, she, it's a good idea. Up, I like that you're thinking. I like she ended up with whatevs, too. Yeah, whatevs. All right, Mark in Vancouver. Hopium. Hi, champions. Uh, been hearing a rumor that sounds like Oregon State and Washington State's lifeline to a Big 12 invitation and wanted to hear if you guys uh, think it has merit. Uh, the idea is that when Calford both leave the Pac-12, whether it's with the ACC or to pursue independence, Oregon State and Washington State would wait until July 1st, 2024, when they are the only two remaining Pac-12 teams, then sell off the remaining Pac-12 assets to the Big 12 to be incorporated into eventual full-share members at a future date. The conference change would not go into effect until the 2025 year, so Oregon State and Washington State would have a year of an independent as schedule in 2024. Not sure how much the Pac-12 would, not sure how much the assets the Pac-12 would be, and how that split between Oregon State and Washington State should they pursue that path. I think we're missing a lot of words here uh any chance this is a legit possibility or is this bernie can still win levels of desperation thanks for reading and for keeping the pod going from mark in vancouver mark in vancouver um i don't think you can wait until july of 2024 to put together an independent football schedule like you need to have their schedule like yesterday this sounds like expanded universe like cinematic universe stuff <laughs> it doesn't sound real to me um i think is there a possibility that Oregon State and Washington State end up going to like the Big Twelve? Sure, uh, I don't think it's happening. Judging by what the Big Twelve has said publicly, they've been pretty transparent this entire time, and they've said they're done. Uh, so I kind of believe it. Um, I think the I, I think the most likely scenario at this point is Oregon State and Washington State are either going to be in the reconstituted Pac twelve, which is essentially the Mountain West, or they're going to the Mountain West. It's one of the two, um, and I think that's. In all likelihood, that's the way this is going for those two schools. Um, I would prefer, obviously, I've said it many times, the Big Ten just scoop up basically the entire old Pac-8 and just make a Pac-8 inside the Big Ten. But that's not going to happen pretty clearly at this point. So uh, I think Mountain West is probably the likely destination. Okay. Um, Yeah, I think it seems pretty – that seems a little rough. I'd love to see them rebuild the Pac-12 somehow just – getting some but i think that might be tough to do too but you got to get at least some schools in just making a schedule it's going to be really hard to make a schedule that's you know if, if you're not in a conference um so that's why like joining mountain west or something would make the most sense just schedule wise like how are you going to schedule this stuff like yeah. the the pack4.com was funny they just play each other a whole bunch of times but <laughs> that wouldn't be that'd be so funny it's like we got two road trips to oregon state this year or something like oh man that's tough um <laughs> <laughs> we had another spammer in there. I kind of I hit him. There's a been bit. a lot of spammer. I don't, what's going on with that? I don't know. We're just too popular. I guess so. All right. This is from the worst Pac-12 commissioner, Blake. It's not from the worst, but it's about the worst Pac-12 commissioner. Blake says, 
And note to Ryan and Dave, prior to reading this on the, quote, simulcast, Dave seems more than content in sharing his pinko comedy I think this was views. meant not to be read. Oh, whatever. <laughs> no, read it. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, sharing his pinko commie views on the pod, but I totally get it. If this is more overtly political than you'd prefer or sets an unwelcome precedent. I love just walking into landmines and we're like, fuck it. Let's just read it. <laughs> I don't know. So Pinko Kami is bad, right? Is that no, no, right? no. But now we're going to get really political. Oh, God. Let's go for it. Okay. Since George W. Bush entered the fray of conference realignment, I feel like it's fair to use his name, image, and likeness in the following question. Deep into the Trump administration, I contended that George Bush was still the worst president in modern American history, given the boondoggle, a nice word for war crimes, in Iraq, his complete negligence in ignoring the mounting threat of climate change, his mismanagement of the economy... Uh, the exploding of the national debt and his tax cuts, plus his outrageous military spending, among other things. Trump's presidency was awful, but was largely hindered, hindered by his own incompetence. It really took until January 6th and the election denying the, that precedent in uh, it and persists to this day that Trump, in my eyes, became the biggest dog shit president ever. The legacy of his three Supreme Court appointees cements this in my mind. Now for the question. After the exodus of at least eight teams, is there an argument to be made that Klyovkov is, in fact, the worst Pac-12, uh, Pac-whatever, in Pac-12-whatever history? Worst commissioner. Worst commissioner in Pac-whatever history. If we're still giving the nod to Larry Scott, what do you think Klyovkov would have to do over the next year to cement himself on the Mount Rushmore of terrible Pac-12 commissioners to the Pac-12 and peaceful transfers of power? It was fun while it lasted Mont Lake Blake, and he puts an asterisk. Uh, we could, in fact, put their faces on Mount Rushmore when the Pac-12 swings and misses on all its expansion targets and instead ends with South the South Dakota State Jackrabbits as their 10-pole franchise. So there's some important notes here to start out with. Okay. Uh, first, worst president list. Um, look, I, I sympathize with your views. However, and this is very important, Neither George W. Bush nor Donald Trump has ever owned another human being. If you have owned another human being, that immediately puts you in the bottom tier. So you've got about, I think it's a good seven presidents before before 1865, maybe a couple of them afterwards, who did that. So you got to put them in the bottom tier. Um, <laughs> then you'd go Trump, and then it's Bush. Uh, and then, I mean, you can throw... I mean, there's a lot. I mean, Reagan, obviously horrible. Um, you know, Nixon was bad. Bunch of those guys in the early 1900s were bad. Everyone in the late 1800s was bad. <laughs> They've all been kind of bad. Um, pretty much everybody. You hate all of them. Yeah, they're all really bad. Um, they're, they're, as we said last week, there have been three, like, borderline good ones, and the rest have been terrible. Um, yeah, so anyway... Uh, Right instincts, but you gotta you gotta keep uh, perspective uh, perspective in line. That um, you know, there's this thing that's like, oh, but it was of the times of the times. Uh, no, it's always been bad to own other people. Always, um, there's a reason why a lot of other countries got rid of that whole policy long before we did. Uh, we were just chilling out with it for way too long. Um, all right, then for your actual question, uh, George Klyavkov. <sighs> He's on the Mount Rushmore. So it's, it's presiding over versus uh, uh, creating all of the conditions necessary to. 
Larry Scott created all of the conditions necessary for the demise of the Pac-12. Uh, George Klyovkov was just kind of the um, the the grand poobah of the parade. Uh, you know, he was he was the one who presided over the end of uh, of the league. Yeah, I would say. I mean, I can't even go back. Like, I mean, everyone, every Pac-12 commissioner that I know is probably on the. Mount Rushmore, but who's the worst? Like it's hard to pick. You just haven't had that many conference commissioners. I don't know what happened much prior to Tom Hansen, but I would say um, that's his name, right? I got that right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like we talked about this before. Like Klayovkov, he went broke with a bad hand. Like you can get bad hands in poker. You can be, but you don't need to go broke with them. And he did. He could have kept the conference alive. So I see your like kind of point where. The Pac-12 could still exist with Oregon and Washington and Utah and Colorado. And, like, he could have saw to it that it happened. But once USC and UCLA left, like, he sort of just went into a tailspin. He went to try – he was still trying to hit a grand slam when you're like, we have to go to survival mode. Like, you're not – you know, you're, you've crash-landed on an island and you were on your way to, like, this tropical vacation and you were still like – Where's the butler to bring me my, uh, you know, four gua? No, like you're now a crash land on an island. You have to like change your, you can probably still have fun, but you're going to do so on a uh, deserted island and not at some resort in Bali. So I feel like he was still trying to, the fact that the president's wanted a $50 million media rights deal without USC and UCLA, you're like, okay, you wouldn't have got that with USC and UCLA. You're insane. So he needed to reset the expectations there still tried to like deliver the goods as if this was the best case scenario and you were in a worst case scenario. You didn't have your, your two LA teams anymore. So I, I feel like he made it, he definitely, they could have stayed alive even after Larry Scott. Um, but he sort of like saw them, uh, you know, that they hit the iceberg already and he closed extra compartments to like sink it faster. I guess you could say, <laughs> if that makes sense. He torpedoed things to try to balance it out. <laughs> he's like, he's like, we're taking on water. Hey, uh, submarine, can you shoot some torpedoes at us? That'll like set us straight. Like, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> can we just carve off part of the bottom of the boat? Will that work? Yeah. Um, all right. This is from John in Oakland. Okay. College football reality questions. Hi, Ryan and David. There's a lot of misinformation floating around when it comes to conference realignment. So I have three questions that, when answered correctly, could add some clarity. One, who owns the company that puts on the college football playoff? Disney. I don't think it's a company. I don't think it's owned. I think it's like a committee. Well, who 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 airs it? Isn't it Disney? I think ESPN, yeah. Yeah. Uh, two, in what legal document is the criteria for Power 5 status codified, and who what determines the status? Uh, the Constitution of the United States of America. I don't know about that. Is there like he gave like the NCAA manual? Like there's 449 pages he attached to this. I don't know if we're supposed to go through that or not. What are the specific criteria in the NCAA bylaws attached for determining and granting autonomous five status? I don't know, dude. You're asking. You like, can't touch yourself at night. <laughs> you must remain pure. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. What, why is he asking us this shit? I don't know. I think John, he, maybe it, write somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people, especially in the media and on YouTube, would be surprised by these answers. Yeah, you didn't give any answers, John. So if you have some answer, if you thought you, there's some enlightenment you want to give us. Well, I gave the answers. Disney, the yeah. Constitution of the United States of America, uh -huh. written and codified in 1787. Uh, and uh, the specific criteria for determining who gets autonomous five status 
is that they don't touch themselves at night. I I, I did they read must that. remain pure. That was on page three thirty five. Correct. <laughs> I didn't say okay. Maybe it's just because it's been a long day for me. I don't know what the point of this is. No, no. Do you I think, know what the point think, of this is? I think uh, John is taking issue with something we said that we don't remember saying, or something somebody else said that that we certainly don't remember them saying, uh, and is now trying to make some esoteric point. This reads, uh, and this is in kindness, this reads like a Thomas email to me in some ways, where I don't understand. I yeah. fundamentally don't. Um, and if you attach a PDF, that will take me... Uh, <laughs> A month to read? I mean, it would take me like a solid day of just pure reading to read. Um, that's not going to happen. No. It's so. a 450-page document. Sorry, sorry, John in Oakland. I'm sorry. I'm not not like in a bad mood or anything. I'm just like, I don't know what the hell You're that was. You're just pissed. I just You're know pissed what off that was. for greatness. I don't know what that was. Um, all right. Who didn't kill the conference? This is from Paul. Realignment questions. There is a lot of blame to go around, which... Uh, majorly involved parties which did not contribute to the downfall of the Pac-12. Which majorly involved? Which majorly? Ma- I'm sorry. Majorly involved parties did not contribute to the downfall of the Pac-12. Um, is that just like an open-ended question, I guess? Well, there's an extra which there, which doesn't need to be there. But which majorly involved parties did not contribute to the downfall of the Pac-12? Oh, there was which did not. Okay, yeah, that's that was kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. Which parties um, didn't contribute? I don't understand the question because it's which majorly involved parties did not contribute to the downfall of the Pac-12. Well, if they were majorly involved in what? The downfall of the Pac-12, then they must have, by definition, contributed to the downfall of the Pac-12. So maybe it's like, why? we're but just getting very confused. Do we mean which schools? Do we mean like which Like Washington, people? like say, so say like Washington is majorly involved, but they didn't really contribute. Everyone had a hand in it. Everyone involved had a hand in it. Yeah. Everybody who was a part of this league falling further and further down the toilet over the last 10 years had a hand in it. Some parties had more of a hand in it. Some parties had several fingers. Some some had inserted whole fists, uh, for example. Um, UCLA and USC certainly bear more. They were, they were fisting? Yes. They had, they, had, they had whole fists of blame involved here. Uh, other parties, uh, you know, I would say like an ASU um, as a as an institution, not much. Michael Crow, fair amount. Yeah. Uh, Utah seems pretty blameless. Um, you know, I would say uh, Stanford and Cal carry some blame for sucking of late. Um, yeah. I would say Oregon did what it had to do at the very end, relatively blameless. Um, I would say Washington, relatively blameless. Uh, but everybody else had some real... So you think Washington is just going along with Oregon? I think they, they were dealt a really bad hand there at the end, and they had to make some tough choices. Uh, yeah. Washington State and Oregon stayed obviously pretty blameless. Um, but uh, pretty much every party involved had had some hand in this. Well, it's funny. Jen Cohen said... She said four days. So when she was talking about how quickly it happened... So this definitely wasn't something that was uh, masterminded for months and months. I mean, there was research done and and vetting and all that kind of stuff but when when it really looked like the Pac-12 was shit in the bed I think that's when this reopened again so the fact that that would happen in like four days is pretty crazy yeah and he goes on I hate BYU athletics with a passion although it'll be fun to have the holy war mean something again I'm very disappointed that BYU fans now believe they are on quote equal footing with the U what are your 
what are things that excite you about the changes? Um, I would say this. My excitement is not very high for any of it. However, I do like that certain rivalries have been preserved by the quantity of changes. I like that Oregon and Washington are still together. I like that UCLA and USC are still together. I like that Arizona and ASU are still together, and I like that Utah and BYU are together because that's going to be so much fun, even if BYU fans hate it. Um, so that's nice, uh, but it's hard to, for me to find too much excitement. I would say this. If you're a Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State fan, I don't think life is necessarily worse for you in the same way that it is for maybe the schools that went to the Big Ten. Like I think you're still going to enjoy watching your teams and – if you're Utah and Colorado in particular, you never really got married to the Pac-12 anyway. Yeah. So developing new rivalries with all the other schools in the Big 12, that'll be fine. And frankly, uh, from a geographic fit perspective, most of the Big 12 makes a lot of sense for you. Um, yeah, there's the weird stuff. But you know, most of what was traditionally the Big 12 still makes a lot of sense yeah. as kind of constant opponents. All right. And then he has one last thing. Um, okay, actual football questions. Uh, should be a great season for quarterbacks in the conference. How would you rank those at the top, assuming all are healthy? Like the quarterbacks? Uh, yeah, so Caleb Williams. Um, go Caleb Williams, probably Penix. Michael Penix. Uh, I'll go Bo Nix. Um, the thing is, I just don't know when he's going to be healthy, but Cam Rising's Cam in the Rising. conversation at that point. Uh, Shador Sanders is in the conversation at that point. Where's Jaden Delora? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's mid-tier. The thing with Jaden Delora, much like Arizona, is he's a chaos agent. You know, last year he was so inconsistent. It would be one game where he'd be awesome, just otherworldly, like dual threat, doing everything, throwing the ball like a rocket. And then the next game he'd like have like seven empty-handed fumbles, and he would throw three picks, and he would beat up his receiver, like all this stuff. Um, so he's got to be like sixth or seventh. Um, uh. Stanford, who knows? Cal, who knows? Um, Oregon State situation is interesting, but again, I don't think that's top tier. Um, Cam Ward, I'm not a big fan of. No, I don't. Yeah. Not. Um, so I think it's conversation among those guys. And then UCLA, we just don't know. I mean, if Dante Moore is the guy and he ends up, you know, throwing flames out he there. He'd be really good. Yeah. Ethan Garbers, from everything I've seen of him, would be mid tier. He'd be, again, like seventh, something like that. Um, but if it's Dante Moore and Dante Moore is, you know, grown more since the spring i mean we, we see 15 minutes of practice a day so we can't really tell you uh then maybe he could break into the top five but i i don't think so yeah it's hard if you're even named a starter yet to be in like that list yeah you know? yeah no I th and the thing is i think the top of the pack 12 this year in terms of quarterback play is going to be really good yeah all right uh let's see we got a couple of youtube questions this is uh jose hey fellas glad we all survived hillary the hurricane. Did you feel the earthquake, David? You did not. I did. did. You did. I did. Uh, yeah, it was in the, like, I think it was like three or four o'clock, um, right as uh, things were supposed to be getting hairy with. Uh, so we are, we, I think I can speak for Ryan here too. Uh, we were in a very lucky pocket, uh, it sounds like. Uh, basically, our part of LA, I didn't even ever experience real high winds. Like, there was nothing. It was basically just a, a semi-heavy rain that was equivalent to, like, not even the three worst storms we had this winter. Yeah, I mean, the rain was, you know, heavy. It just never and it was long. It, it was never that insane downpour though. Like, I was expecting at least a couple of points where I'd be like, "Oh no, yeah. the gutters overflowed," but like, I didn't even get that. No, I mean, I drove here, uh, did a show, uh, cleaned my whole 
cleaned up all the ants that were in here. I cleaned, uh, yeah, cleaned the uh, the room and uh, cleaned the studio. Got back, just kind of watched. I was just watching the news, like watching things would happen, and uh, and then all of a sudden I'm on the couch and it's like, whoa, like what was yeah. that? I'm like, oh, all right, we had an earthquake too. Yeah, up in Ohio. Pile it up. Yeah, pile it all on. But anyway, he says, uh, Ryan, are you aware if uh, uh, Jay Martin interviewed for the USC AD spot? So Martin Jarmond, I think he means, right? Yeah, um, he's he says no. He says Jarmond he says interview. he didn't. Okay, um, I would take him at his word. Um, I kind of get the feeling that Jen Cohen was sort of like the person they targeted from the beginning. Maybe not, um, but you know we'll see. But that, that's something you were hearing, right? That there was a a possibility. He says no. Okay, Eddie says bigger PR disaster. George K. Handling the media rights deal or Rachel Zegler during the um, Snow White and it just cuts off. I don't know. Uh, what do you know what that is? Uh, so I'm I'm not. That's not part of my expanded universe. Uh, which is, I think it was. I can't. I don't know who was getting mad at her. Uh, she basically said I think that she didn't like the original Snow White because it scared her. Oh. Um. I don't like most of the original Disney movies because they're very boring. Um, and I watched them all when I was a small child and I found them very boring. Oh, okay. Uh, but she was getting a lot of shit, I think, because I, I'm getting I'm getting out over my skis here because I don't even know what the issue was. Uh, she Is she going to be in Snow White? And is she Snow White? I, I, I think I, this is what it is. I think because... She was going to play Snow White or something? Yeah, she... there's some weird shit going on here. I don't know. It's it's one of those culture war things where I haven't read anything about it, so I don't even know what's going on. Gotcha. It's stupid, though. I can tell you that. Definitively, if anything is part of our current culture war, it's an extremely stupid subject to talk about. Uh, Big Bob says she is Snow White. So she's Snow White. Um. Okay. And she's complaining about the animated film from the 1950s which Apparently. wasn't which was boring and she i think she said she was scared of it as a child or something yeah but it's not good so that's fine uh yeah but, I don't, but I, don't, uh, but I don't i don't I, yeah i can't go further I, this one I, can't, missed, I, can't, I can't i can't go further down this road with you eddie eddie we like you we, it missed first of all we can't put emojis up on the screen so if you put like shit tons of emojis in your comment when i put them up there it kind of blocks a lot of your text and so that's mistake number one mistake number two is yes that's something we have no freaking clue about so i mean i, I i'm calling it, people it, out today it should and eddie's be, a good it, uh, uh, eddie it should be in my wheelhouse it's a disney question yeah. however this is this is a culture war adjacent like this feels like something I would have read about, like, uh, like on a news website of sorts, like a dot org uh, mm. or like a dot net, and uh, I'm just not partying that way these days. Nice. Okay. Well, I think that's going to wrap things up. We don't have any more. No more YouTube questions. No more YouTube questions. I, I didn't. It was hard. Like we were like kind of paying attention to a lot of other stuff, so I couldn't do as much. Wow. So you weren't doing your job. Okay. On air production that I have to do. I forget. Wow. I, I had someone interview. I did an interview. Someone came in. Mm -hmm. It was like this, but I'm doing all the stuff. And then he looked at it. He's like, wait, how did all that graphics and stuff come up? Or what? I'm like, well, I was doing that. He's like, you were doing that while we were talking? I'm like, yeah. Like, just have to. Yeah. It'd be way better to have a producer do this stuff. So it's hard to, like, host a show and, you know, first of all. Why don't we have a producer? Carry your ass. Because it costs money. You know? We don't make any money on this. Don't thing. we have interns? 
And by we, I mean you. Yeah, I have to get interns for you. Yeah. To get, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds right to we me. We could try to get one. Anybody want to be an intern for the show? You have to be, like, live my live near Redondo Beach. Yeah, and you have to, like, be able to um, do this at, like, a very irregular schedule. Whenever we feel like it. <laughs> Just be free. Uh, okay, well, that'll wrap things up. Um, right there is uh, David David Woods. Uh, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Welcome to the new Pac-12 college football season 2023. And we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.